Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Tox and Tasting Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast, the show that shows you what's behind the collar. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Vicar. Welcome to the show. So, Vicar, how you doing? Good. I'm good. How about you? Not really. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How are you? You mean just fine? I mean, no, I I don't know. I really care about you, Vicar. I want to know how you are doing. I'm good. Uh, my time is running short. Why, why, why are you it? hiding yourself? It's like, we really want to know. This is a... I'm asking because I care about how, how are you doing? I'm really, how are you I'm doing? I'm doing great. I'm thriving. Thriving? Yeah. Are you really thriving yep. though? Yep. In what way are you thriving? I mean... As Berg would say, live in the dream. Okay, that's kind of generic. <laughs> what are your dreams, Vicar? Oh, you know, raise my family in peace. Like if, like if you saw yourself 10 years ago to who are you now, where would that picture fit in? On the way. Okay. To living the dream. <laughs> so, like, you're really just doing okay? Doing well. I mean, what are you afraid of? <laughs> Sometimes spiders, but not always. Okay. That, that's your, really, that's your biggest fear? <laughs> spiders? Mm, not really. Like global disasters or... Hmm. Communism. You drop your cell phone in the toilet or... Oh, yeah, that pro tip, don't keep your cell phone in the front pocket of your shirt. Every time you bend over, you'll drop it. Oh. That that's, comes from a, an engineer. <laughs> Engineers keep a lot of things in their front pocket. <laughs> Pens. <laughs> so so really, how are you doing, though? I really Good. <laughs> Good. So it's just it's just Vicker and I today, and for some reason I'm oddly curious on how he's actually doing. He says he's doing okay. I'm not sure if I believe it. So I just want how how, how are you doing? I'm not crying on the inside. Okay, I'm good. All right, you know, kind of at peace. There's this vicarage is coming to an end, but it's been a good one. So, and uh, um, got a. Got big uh, uh, ordination on Sunday, so that'll be exciting. 18.0, yeah. 18.0. So uh, what do you got to f- for beverage? You need an energy drink because you said you, you're, you're hangry. Oh, he's you're, 17.0, isn't he? Yeah, I lose track. Yeah, you're 18.0. I've got the, uh, what is this, the Aldi brand of Red Bull? Yeah, the Red Thunder. I've got the uh, Arnold Palmer Right here. Uh, Vic, uh, Berg just was busy, and I want to get this recorded. Peter's at work, so I know he, I don't know. I don't know how much Peter likes it when I record one without him. My, uh, Did you listen to the last episode? No, not yet. It was very odd. It was just odd. I just did a real talk rant, and I am don't want to listen to it because I was really tired. What were you ranting about? Well, I, I uh, talked about the Trinity, 
And I got like old man ragey in a couple of parts for no reason. Hmm. So I and I asked Peter how it sounded. He goes, I don't know. I don't listen to it. So <laughs> at some point, someone should listen to that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten any angry emails about it yet. So so uh, what what am I preaching on Sunday, Vicar? Luke sixteen, uh, nineteen through thirty one. Here's what it says. Jesus said, there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that, that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. All right, so um, one thing I noticed, by the way, Vicar, here I was so interested in how you were doing. You obviously didn't care about how I was doing. But I'll get over that. I asked, how are you? But you didn't really ask me how I'm really doing. Mm. But there's an exercise in this that I came up with while you're reading it. Okay. Let's do the same exercise, except uh, this time I want you to be the rich man. Okay. All right. So uh, I want you to to channel your your inner rich man. Okay. So uh, rich man. How you doing? Living the dream. <laughs> Eating my share and sitting in my chair. So you're doing pretty well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. On top of the world. Yeah. Um, how uh, How do you think you're doing in other ways besides that? Uh, doing well wherever it appears to matter. Right. Well, um, Writing my legacy. What, what would uh, what would God say? How are you doing? He'd say, "I must be one heck of a guy since He's blessing me this way." Right? Yeah. Oh, so maybe you've you've kind of you've got God's favor. I mean, look at your house. I must look at look, look at, at your me. food. Yeah. Right. Everything's a okay. Pretty comfortable, aren't you? Oh yeah. Smooth sailing. And and because you're so comfortable, certainly, you know, God wouldn't judge your sin. What sin? I mean, 
God was as probably as impressed with you as everyone else is, right? How could how could he not be? You know, as I was, as looking at this text, um, I do think this is how often we feel. You know, the only time that we really are confronted with this in our own minds is uh, if we uh, are addressed with the natural consequences of our sin. (laughs) And we wait for the natural consequences of our sin to hit us over the head without actually being looking at God's word. You know, he didn't feel, the rich man, any real natural consequences to his sin. It was everything was good. Which is kind of the theology of glory right road to take because if you and i've said this with other people in the in the bible for example um uh the uh we talked about this with people with leprosy mm-hmm. in a way that they actually have a more realistic view of who they are right i'm unclean and i think as we look at this account lazarus also has an uh a more realistic understanding of who he is. So, uh, you know, hungry, a beggar, was something you'll be talking about in your sermon, uh, and uh, needing needing to live God's great by God's grace, and also then understanding and believing what God's word says about him, that uh, a sinner, but also the fact that he is in heaven, he is in, in heaven, in this parable, not on account of uh, the fact that he was just poor, but by faith. Mm -hmm. You know, the rich man didn't believe Moses and the prophets, so you could assume that Lazarus did what? Did believe. Believe in Moses and the prophets. And particularly, as we learn, as Jesus himself explains to his disciples, that the law, the prophets, and the Psalms are all about him that the Son of Man should be lifted up on the third day rise, and that uh, repentance and forgiveness to be preached to the ends of the earth. That's all stuff Lazarus would have then believed. So he had an honest look at his, himself. And the reason I, I kind of bring that up is I think we live, when our most comfortable, uncomfortable situations are things like gas prices or a broken air conditioner which you experienced recently right right or uh or uh i i use this example in the last one that one that no one listened to i mean people listen to it but no no one close to me around me has said anything about it and that is i i referred to uh my bad two situation kind of like false doctrine you know start off with a little cavity cavity the filling failed hmm. Uh, went to a uh, root canal. Root canal failed. Finally, what did the dentist have to do? Dig it out by the roots. I mean... Yeah. But we grow comfortable in that, and we think, well, you know, things seem to be going well for me. Um, God's not going to judge me according to my sin in the way I think. Everything's comfortable at church. Everything's com- comfortable in my life, and uh, it just shows the need for bearing a cross once in a while. 
that, that uh, God loves you too much to allow you always to have that comfortable life. And then, in faith, to use your use the times that he, the crosses they've given you to actually be humbled by it. And uh, I think that's all part of this text. What, what are your thoughts, Vicar? Yeah, it seems like that rich man needed a cross to bear to humble him a little bit. You know, he could have shared with the beggar. It doesn't say he did. And you could say uh, that his life, tell me if this resonates with the way we are, his life was all about avoiding any crosses. Absolutely. And you could trickle that down to today with raising children. People are afraid to let their kids suffer or bear any crosses themselves. They give them the easy way out and they enable them so they don't grow from that. Or they don't, or or couples say, well, I don't really want to have kids because having a kid is too much of a cross to bear. You know, we can't go on trips if we have kids, you know. Or today's generation of young people that say, well, we're going to just live our life in the 20s and maybe even some of the 30s before we settle down, get married and have kids. And before they know it, life, you know, is half over and they don't have a family yet. And so, so, or an example of, of that, of just simply avoiding crosses is, uh, is the whole, uh, euthanasia, death with dignity type of a thing, mm-hmm. you know? The, the dying process is bad and ugly, so you should avoid it. You should make you, death with dignity. You should give them a good death so that they don't have to go through that, that time of grieving and sadness and pain. But I tell you, and maybe you've seen this, mm-hmm. there is a healing aspect in a strange way to the pain of death. Because what goes from a tragedy, you know, simply saying, you know, uh, they're gone and I miss them. There's something with about a long, longer dying process that is uncomfortable, that is healing for the survivors because when they do our call to glory, they understand the relief that their right. loved one is. It's it's like it's like uh, when someone finally is called to to glory and that and after a long battle or something, everyone's like takes a deep breath. They're finally at peace. They're with we Jesus. We can finally rest too, and 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 uh, in a godly way, right? Uh, and that's not a lesson that you can learn without a cross of that. Now we live in a time where we avoid all these things as much as we can, which is natural. I mean, we don't want to needlessly go through various crosses, but at the same time, to avoid them for the sake of of not learning and growing. Because I'm sure he had some difficult times in his life. I mean, it's a short, it's a, you know, it's a parable. We don't know it's a real life. It's the fictional character, you know. And that, that's not, the I guess, the point Jesus was trying to make here. But it, it does in the sense that um, he was judged. He refused to hear God's word, and he was very comfortable with that. And the fact that um, Jesus obviously talks about dying and rising how the word of God is supreme behind all of those things. Like, if you really want to know, hear God's word. And so when I ask, well, how are you doing? There's a, w- a few ways you can answer that. According to, well, my life is good. Everything seems to be going well. I'm happy. I'm comfortable. Family's good. 
You know, they all got good jobs. You know, everything seems to be going fine. But uh, with the evaluation of, well, what does, if you line it up to God's word, line it up to the Ten Commandments, line it up with your priorities, line it up with uh, what, how you care for others and, and love others, truly, you know, you know, the, the way I kind of prodded, you know, in a joking way, it could be said, you know, oh, yeah, I love others, do you? Anything else you would add about this text? I think that's interesting. He used the name Lazarus as somebody who he actually did raise from the dead. Okay. Right? And um, also this, the food falling from the rich man's table kind of reminds me of Jesus talking to the woman, was it at the well? Mm-hmm. Or... Oh, the, the woman, woman with who, a bleeding problem who wished to simply touch the hem of his garment. No, the one that said even the dogs eat the crumbs that oh, fall yeah. from the master's table. But uh Well for her daughter, yeah. Yeah. So interesting. And you could kind of turn over Lazarus's situation here. Uh look at it from we eat from the master's table, you know, the gospel. And Jesus' true body and blood, he bandages up our sores and forgives our sins. And and, and the cr- crowd know. that Jesus is also dealing with is, well, you know, everything's okay with us. We're the true Israelites. You know, we belong to the right group. And don't you think that happens in the Lutheran Church? Yeah, actually, I brought that up at a Bible study on Monday um, from Numbers chapter 5, not Leviticus, as I mentioned on Sunday. <laughs> Um, well, you've got the, the, the tribes of Israel in the camp and seeing how important it was for God to keep physical and spiritual healing and cleanliness so he could dwell in their midst. But we related that to, to now, have we taken that too far? Like the Pharisees did with people outside the church. Are we excluding people when visitors come up? Do we treat them as unclean? Um, is our closed communion lovingly communicated to to those so they don't feel outside the camp, if you will, but welcome, you know, and teach them why in a loving way. Right. And how. Yeah, it's hard. Sometimes people just don't want to hear that. Right. <laughs> no matter what you say, but yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't have my sermon quite done yet, but uh, I think I'm on my way. So uh, I got a top 12 list. Um, what do you think should happen, Peter? Or Vicar? <laughs> Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. So, um, my uh, Top 12 list is, um, I, I spent a little time, and I was, I, my idea was, I had my hand recorder, I was going to make a Top 10 list of, um, just random thoughts that I had while waiting in the airport. Okay. But I, my hand recorder was broken, so I couldn't do it. So I, I, I at least have a list of top 12 thoughts that I had while waiting in the airport. Is this going to be like the dog sitting at the window that's like, squirrel? <laughs> that could be. Just random things flying by. <laughs> yeah, it's just random thoughts. Fly. You know. <laughs> what kind of thoughts does Bullhagen have while waiting 45 minutes for an airplane? All right, let's hear this. Number 12. We really take for granted how unifying a hymnal is. I was thinking about that because uh, I was on a, on a, had a meeting 
Lutheran Heritage Foundation and uh, reprint. We basically printed the the hymnal in Spanish, mm-hmm. and in a way that hasn't really been done before. And uh, you think about about you know if you're a bunch of churches in Paraguay, for example, and you're trying to piece together, you know hymns or services and try to kind of compile them and then you got the other church is trying to do that too and you're trying to speak the same in the same way and have uniformity in in hymns and and everything we we really take for granted how unifying a hymnal is and that being said too because we have a hymnal we don't always make use of the unifying aspects of this great gift that we have in communicating the faith every Sunday. Any thoughts on my random thoughts? I mean, it's like what Luther did, bringing the Bible to the language of the people. Yeah, like when we were on vacation in Florida, um, uh, you know, we went to a church that used the hymnal, and, you know, it was felt like we we were right right at at home. home. I hear that all the time, by the way, that... People appreciate when they visit other churches, they can fit right in to the, the liturgy. They know what's coming because they're they're all using the same hymnal. Mm-hmm. So, and there, there's a unifying aspect to that. You know, I mean, it, it actually, it it. it uh, I've never met these people before, but here we are confessing the same faith in the same way that right. we're used to. I mean, even, even McDonald's understands that, right? Isn't the whole idea of McDonald's that it, it tastes the same? Whether you you know you're on like a an oasis above uh, Interstate Chicago or you know Hampton Iowa next to our one stoplight, consistency. Yeah, that's what the business world thrives on. Right. Same yeah. with Taco Bell, right? Right. You know, it's kind of funny. You, you could you could go to a, a Taco Bell like a really nice, really nice. I don't know if they. You know, where would a really, really nice Taco Bell? Have you been to like a really nice one? Well, I've been to a really nice McDonald's, the one in northern Michigan by the college I went to. They had stained glass windows and everything, and the older folks would go there for sun Saturday or Sunday breakfast, thinking it was a nice place. Huh? But you know, it was clean. Yeah, they're they're a different breed of people up there. Yeah, they are. Good people. <laughs> but you go to like one that. You know, there was one I went to. We're, we're kind of sure that they were cooking meth in the back, you know. <laughs> but, you know, drive through tasted the same. Right. Number 11. Now, this is this is something I've learned from personal experience. So I'm pretty tall, like 6'4", right? Yeah. So uh, um, I used to want to get the exit row seat, right? Extra leg room. Mm-hmm. And this is what I've learned, number 11, random thought. If you want to make sure that you're sitting next to the biggest dude on the plane, get the exit row. <laughs> what, hap- <laughs> what happens is, yeah, you have an extra six inches for your knees, but then you got like a 350-pound beast sitting next to you. He needs leg room too. Wow. You know? <laughs> so you got the leg room, but you're, you're kind of sitting. You know what I mean? And dudes don't like to sit next to each other, Right? No. We just like it's like the the bathroom rule. When you go into a, right. a new bathroom, you always leave a urinal space between you. Or if you like go to a movie theater with some buds, you know, you leave the seat the the, the I'm not gay seat in between. Right. 
These are just unspoken rules right. every yeah. guy knows. Yeah. I don't know. Can I say that anymore? I don't know. <laughs> Not in Florida. Number two. And actually, I was just thinking of this 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 thought because I when I work on sermons, what I mentioned is in the comfortable place, sin being a comfortable place for us. That's what I was thinking about. Because uh, random thought number ten. That is what's one thing that I think leads us leads people to impenitence is the fact that um, sin is their kind of comfortable place. So, for example, uh, when you you someone should forgive someone else, right? They think, well, I'm more comfortable being angry. I'm more comfortable hating that other person. That's my comfortable spot. And it what it does is it kind of draws people, well, you should make amends. But no, I, I, I don't want to that relationship to be restored. I think Jonah had some of that. And uh, I, I knew they would repent. I didn't want them to repent if I had gone. That's why I ran away. You know, mm-hmm. that, uh, and I, I suppose the listener can think about that in that terms. You know, I want to, you might say, well, I'm, I don't want to refuse to be repentant, but at the same time, I'm not willing to let go of my sin. I, I, I it's my comfortable place. And you could, whatever it is, anger, rage, lust, whatever, that's, that's my, that's a concept that I've been kind of wrestling. These are kind of the random thoughts that I, I wrestle with myself and I wrestle with and communicating that in my sermons. You know what I'm saying? It's just, uh, uh, maybe that's part of me just being a Christian, you know. We all have that old Adam, so that's part of who we are and the daily fight of trying to drown right him. right that's like i i uh want to not sin right mm-hmm. but at the same time we all are just like but that's my comfortable place i don't know maybe it's just more profound to me than it is to others but that was my thought well there's something there because that that you mentioned the word comfort and Emotions betray us. We seek comfort instead of carrying that cross. And it's like that petition of the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation. It's not that we think God will tempt us. You know, James says God tempts no one. Um, And Luther reiterates that in the catechism. But it's that in our temptation, we won't seek those comfortable, sinful ways out. Yeah, and also we that also tend to like to place ourselves where in, you know, we lead ourselves into temptations. We, we, we did not a very good way. We leave the door open Mm -hmm. to sin and we, you know, we uh, allow ourselves to be placed in situations that are tempting. You know, if it's, it's gossip, you know, oh, I can't, I, I shouldn't go to wherever it is where I like to gossip. You know, I won't gossip, but I'll, I'll go you know, to the, the coffee shop, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you, the random thought I just had was in, in Northern Michigan or Wisconsin, even they have the perfect out to, to get out of any situation. You just say, so how about them Packers? <laughs> <laughs> you can change the subject. 
Number nine. Uh, random thought. Uh, the the hotel TV experience is undervalued. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Like, if you go to like a really nice hotel, and they've got like, uh, like a twenty inch, a seven twenty, p TV that's not tuned in very well, and you go to a hotel that's not as nice, but they've got a nice like fifty inch high definition clear 4k tv experience that almost evens out it's like you go to walmart you could buy like a 400 dollars tv at every hotel and it massively would upgrade the whole hotel experience in my opinion that is random what do you think about that <laughs> I, don't, I don't like having so many channels available because i can never decide i'll just find something actually that like that is another random channels. thought that that is actually a random thought. I'll add that. I'll make that number eight. I'll switch the order around. Okay. Number eight. I believe Netflix and Amazon Prime have ruined my ability to watch a movie. Can I tell you why? Sure. So back in the day, when you had to go rent a movie, a videotape, be kind, rebind, you know. Yep. VHS. It took a little while to like figure out. There's too many options, right? But Finally, you would have to to pick a movie, right? And then because you spent money on it and you have to return it in a day or two, right? Avoid the late fee. Avoid the late fee, right? So so you bring it home and what do you do? Even if it's not very good. You stop everything else. You make popcorn. And you watch it. And you watch it. Even if even like halfway through, you're like, eh, I paid for it. And, and you watch it. Worth. The only times where I've went through like Netflix or something to watch a movie and I watch like waste like 15 minutes. I said, I'm going to try something else. Or I spend my time going through the titles. Eh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And then you just wind up watching the Weather Channel. A couple of the places we lived had a family video store before they mostly all closed. Um, And the kids movies were free. So that's why we liked that brand mm-hmm. a video store but it was nice to have that this is movie night day where you just you go pick out the movie or movies you buy them rent them you know and that is a special outing to get the movie and then special time to watch it and you okay. lose something uh, i'm gonna pivot access. here I'm gonna pivot here so do you think this might have the same kind of effect when people are doing internet church they think the same thing kind of applies. Like, we're going to take the time to, like, put on clothes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, you lose something, don't you? Right. Right. So at, that was just a random thought. At least they can't turn up the speed and watch it at, like, two times the speed and just, let's just get it over with. <laughs> I did the thing. Number seven. Why does my mouth still taste like chicken broth? Because I had a tooth pulled. <laughs> my, it was like this chicken broth flavor like a week later. And I'm like, is this good? Or is this bad? It's not rancid. It just tastes like chicken broth. Is that gross? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. It's like festering wound. <laughs> yeah. It kind of tastes the way a hospital smells. <laughs> Number six. Why do you have to turn right 
to turn left in Michigan. And why do you have to turn left to turn right in Michigan? That was a random thought I had. It's called the Michigan turnaround. It gives you a safe exit lane from wherever you're driving and time and space to make a turn and you see traffic coming and they see you too. And it doesn't just dump you into the fast lane, right, of already going traffic. But then they have like a turn like a, a turn signal to make it U-turn. Mm-hmm. It's all about giving more time because that's what proves to have less accidents. Oh, so you're all for it. Yeah, it works. And then you go somewhere like uh, Indiana that just gives a break in the boulevard and no signs and you're just supposed to make that work. To turn around or to rush across and to, you know, turn into an intersect, another road or something. Because I've been there enough that I'm kind of used to it. But, like, it takes, like, oh, I was going to turn left. Oh, it says I can't turn left. Huh. Makes me want to take a U-turn. And have you noticed being from in Fort Wayne for a long time, you live there, how people just take U-turns in busy intersections there? I mean, they call it like an Indiana turnaround. They just act like they're going to go straight through an intersection. But when the light turns green, they swing a hard left and just go the other way. Number five. Planes really haven't changed since I was a kid. I kind of find this frightening a little bit. Like if I, now the insides have changed, you know. You used to, we listen to like a radio with like stethoscope type headphones. Mm -hmm. You probably don't remember that. I do. And uh, and so the inside in maybe the seats have gotten a little smaller, but the actual plane, I wonder, like they really have not changed since like in 40 years since I first flew. It seems like it's all the same plane, like if, the if outside it, and the, like it's all the, you don't have any, like, you know how they have a car that's 10 years old. You could tell oh, that's a 10 year old car or, you know, you get on a plane, like, how old is this plane like 50 years old? I don't know. It looks just like a plane. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Is that is that weird to you? Yeah, I mean, you would expect some kind of futuristic space shuttle type thing by now. But. Right. Right. Something that looks like the stealth or, you know. Now, I guess there's like fancy like, you know, Emirates, you know, their airline, but they don't fly to Iowa. Not that I'm aware of. But maybe mm-hmm. they're a little bit... If you look at a plane now, and then you look at a plane from 35 years ago, it's the same plane. That's just weird to me. Like, even a bus changes. Like, even a train kind of changes. A plane? Eh, it's all the same. Think of all the advancements we've made to phones, and the planes are the same. I don't know. I'm just thinking about it. That was a random thought that I had. You know, uh, with attention difficulties, you know... These are all thoughts I had in 45 minutes. Hmm. Wonder yeah. about. <laughs> then you wonder, did they get any safer in 30, 40 years? Right. Right. And that black box must be just amazing stuff. Another mm-hmm. random thought. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think about that? Like, that black box can survive pretty much anything. What is that made out of? Hmm. Imagine if we... We treated our souls like that black box. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> are you worried about me, Vicar? How are you doing, by the <laughs> way? <laughs> Number four. 
if you've lived in Iowa more than 15 years, and then you meet someone from Iowa who's lived in Iowa for 15 years, you will know someone in common. Probably. And if generally, if you've been to Iowa for more than 15 years, and you meet someone who's been in Iowa for more than 15 years, that's the game. <laughs> Do I know a guy that that guy knows? Like, oh, I'm from Hampton. Oh, yeah, I, I used to have a salesman that used to live in. I think that's the game everyone we visit plays. Yeah. It's just there's something about Iowa. In fact, um, we were, I was on, getting on a plane and, uh, and like, oh, hi, how are you doing? Like, people knew each other. Like, oh, yeah, that was my neighbor. <laughs> you know, getting on the plane. Like, they people, there there wasn't even that person in between. They knew each other. It was just... Only in Iowa. But yeah, it's like, it becomes a game like, what do we have in common? There's got to be someone we know. There's got to be a place that we've both been to. A festival that we can talk about. Hmm, we got to find it. We got to find that person. How are they doing? Well, had a couple of rough years, but... We both went to that county fair together. Oh, great county fair, yeah. Were you there when the... Oh, yeah, I was there too. Number three. The catechism's awesome. That was a, that was the only, nothing too profound. That was my, one of my thoughts I had. Yeah, I was just talking <laughs> to somebody about that though too. With, uh, they had a grandchild going to another church and wondering if their confirmation was sufficient. And just, well, did they go through the catechism? You know, yeah, not sure if they did. Well, we should you should give them one then. And make sure right. that student has one. It's awesome. <laughs> Number two. I wonder how many radio waves are going through my body at this time. Let's see your watch, your phone. Like, because I was, I was sitting in the, in the airport waiting room. Like, half the people are on their cell phones, and every, and and uh, majority of the people have like Bluetooth earbuds on that can penetrate all these walls, right? Did you? Yeah, I had some. Yeah, I had some sweet buds in my ears, cranking out the tunes, having random thoughts. Saying so, then they have the airplanes and like air traffic control and you have Wi-Fi and all these things communicating and then you have the radio waves themselves and TV waves. I wonder, particularly in an airport, when you see all these radio towers and everyone's on their cell phones and communication. I wonder, I wonder how many radio waves and signals are just slicing my body right now. Did you ever think about that? No. Hmm. My 45 minutes, that's what I thought about. Yeah. Yeah. And then still, is it a bad thing that tastes like chicken broth? I, I don't know. It's not good. No. It's it's getting better. It's kind of my, my safe place now, you know? I, you know, so now I'm finding myself, you know, maybe I'll just make myself some chicken broth and... It's not a question you ask your dentist either. Like, call him up. Yeah, my mouth tastes like chicken broth. Is that bad? What does that mean? You know, oh, is it, uh, you know, Swanson's or <laughs> Campbell's? <laughs> Campbell's? Is it bone broth or just chicken broth? Beef stock. Hmm. Try uh, 
try some onion. That really will, because it's kind of bland. Why don't you maybe suck on a, a, a onion for a while? Maybe a little kind of round it out. Maybe a little pinch of salt. Cumin, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Maybe spice it up a little bit. So if you're, since you're gonna have chicken broth anyways, might as well enjoy know, it. Yeah, make soup out of it. You know, life gives you chicken broth. Make some soup. There's your title. There you go, Pete. When life gives you chicken broth, make soup. And number one. We live very dangerous lives and live by the grace of God. Yeah, sitting there watching these planes take off and land without a thought, flying at, what, 500 miles an hour, like 35,000 feet in the air. You know, I drove around Detroit. I mean, we live. <laughs> I uh, countless Michigan turnarounds. I mean, we live very. Uh, you know, at the time, I thought maybe I have this mouth infection that could take me. You know, the chicken broth taste of death. You just so many, so many things in this life can kill you, and yet here we are. Somehow he pro- God. he protects us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about that, Vicar. Just think about it. The cars flying around, you know, eating food that, you know, any time we could probably get botulism. There's just radio waves just like eviscerating our bodies and just, just going through us. Monkey pox out there. Monkey pox, right? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And no one was wearing a mask. Think about that. Reel me that, Vicar. And they all made it. Yeah, you can probably, you can tell that these were actual genuine thoughts, can't you? Yeah, anybody (laughs) that knows you can tell. (laughs) I didn't try to make a list just to be funny. I was just, yeah, my thoughts. Hmm. So how are you doing? (laughs) I'm getting hungry for some lunch now. There you go. I actually got home and I asked my wife, does my mouth, my breast smell like chicken broth? <laughs> well, the more teeth you lose, the more you might like that soup, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's, I might be, maybe that's God's way. That's God's way of telling me that I, I'm going to have to get used to soup. Well, you know what we tell the kids? You don't have to brush all your teeth, just the ones you want to keep. There you go. There you go. Words to live by. So, all right. Um... Well, I think that's enough. We have a question from Hannah that I want to get to on uh, closed and difference being closed and close communion. And the short answer is closed has a D at the end. And then closed does not. So so it's a little longer, the closed communion. Closed communion is a little shorter. Um, and uh, I think it's just a... More consonants. Right. Close is just so warm feeling. You know, I prefer, because I'm kind of wishy, I prefer the D in parenthesis. As if that it's way, optional. If you, yeah, if it's close, you know, we're close to having communion, then you can take it that way. But if you're like, I want this to be close to everyone else, I prefer that D there that you can, you know, you can, the, the options are wide open. You could, 
You know, if you're feeling, ah, today it's going to be close. You guys feel close to me. But, you know, you can look around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that D is important to me today. <laughs> but uh, that's just that's just giving a taste. There's, there's lots of answers. We'll get to that. Uh, but uh, we're getting hungry for lunch, Hannah. So, But we will get to it. I'm sure you want Berg here for that, too. So. So we will call it an episode. Unless you want any more random thoughts, Vicar, are you good? I'm good. All right. This has been the Clerical Heirs Podcast. Where can they get a hold of us, Vicar? They can email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, or on Twitter at, at, me, bro. at clericalheirsp. The piece for podcast. And they could also find a link on our website to donate to Patreon or our store at store.clericalheirs.org. All right. Thank you for listening. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Vicar. And may your chicken broth be good for your soul. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.